everybody grand rising i pray that everybody is divine i pray that you all had a good rest and you're ready for this beautiful beautiful day ahead we are coming towards the end of the week and i just feel that the conversations have been beautiful this week but not only the conversations um i've really felt like something in the air like this energy i don't know what it is but it just feels like a little bit of a funk maybe it's winter coming in as well um, because in the UK, the clocks go back this weekend, and sometimes we just kind of naturally roll into this downtime. But following the conversations yesterday and the truths that were shared and spoken, I'm just like, oh my God, like you made it. If you woke up this morning and you're listening to this, you made it. You've made it through some things. You're going to continue to make it through some things. And how often do we celebrate that? Like, we often don't even acknowledge what we've made it through, you know? We we just get out of it. And we're just in a new space and we just crack on. And one thing that I've really been speaking to people and Elevate about is how important it is to celebrate what you're making it through, how important it is to celebrate your winnings, how important it is just to kind of stop sometimes and reflect and just truly be grateful for every single thing that you've made it through. Because when you're able to have gratitude now, you're able to really, 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 really be a magnet for your next. And just thinking about this, um, so much is stirring up in me this morning. I've woke up from early. I just really haven't felt great. And when I say not feel great, I'm fine. It's just that I feel stuff in my stomach and I'm like, wow. You know, we go to sleep sometimes with things unsettled in us and we wake up with that same unsettled feeling. And then we need to release, we need to get it out. Um, whether you're sick, whether you have a headache, whether your stomach hurts, whether you go to the toilet or whatever, you can feel energy within you. And sometimes that's the very thing that we ignore. That's the very thing that we're just like, oh, I just I just don't feel good. This feeling will pass. But I invite you guys to speak to those feelings if they arise. If anything triggered you in the conversation yesterday or gave you a realization and you might have went to sleep feeling unsettled or woke up feeling unsettled or just you might go about your day, starting the day feeling good. And then you have a conversation and you don't feel so great. Be willing to ask your body like, what is this? Who is this? Right. And it's amazing what can come up when you do. And as I was thinking about the women and how powerful they were in sharing their truths, I was like, can you possibly imagine how many times that they just imagined themselves out of those situations? How many times we're going through things right now and we just imagine an outcome, a different outcome, a desired outcome? How many times are we in situations right now and we just imagine a desired outcome? Literally. Do we know that sometimes that's the very thing that changes everything? concentrated energy where we want harmony i'll say it again concentrated energy where we want harmony i always say that life is always happening 
And so we could wake up every day, go about all day and just focus on what is happening because it's happening. It's before our eyes. We're already in it. But I always say this too is old news. So if you can have the power to be in the midst of something, but imagine your desired outcome, you've got the power to change it without even a conversation, without a, a actual doing this as such, right? Without actually getting up and applying for the job, you've got the power to imagine the job without getting up and walking, say, out of the relationship, you've got the power to imagine yourself in your desired relationship. Without your bank balance being where you need it to be, you've got the power to imagine your balance at the, the price that you want it to be. Without your partner or family being in the circumstances, relationships or whatever that you desire for them, you've got the power to imagine it. And are we actually aware that so often that's the game changer right there? The small principle of imagine ourself, imagining ourselves in a different circumstance. Only that which is in harmony with our ideal is actively bringing heaven to earth. So that's from Neville Goddard. I'm going to say it again. Only that which is in harmony with our ideal is actively bringing heaven to earth. So what does that mean? It means that you can always use your imagination as a participant, not an onlooker in your life, but as a participant of life. When we tap into our imagination, not only do we tap into the energy of all that is, but we absolutely tap into what's possible. We can imagine a world of love and just and equal opportunities. We can imagine it. We can imagine a world where people are treated fairly. We can imagine a world where we can navigate with more ease and grace, where our children are safe. Where we all have more than we need. We can imagine these things. And when we allow ourselves to imagine, we become a participant in creating what's possible. If we only focus on what is now, we're just been an onlook onlooker. We're just been an observer. But we've got to learn to look around us and use that as guidance to go deeper. As guidance to tap out. And what do I mean by tap out? I mean tapping out of your current reality but it's about using your current circumstances. Where are you guys right now in your life that you could possibly imagine a different outcome? And when I say imagine it, I mean attach your, your senses to it. Smell it, touch it, feel it, 
taste it before it comes in your mind's eye. You have the power to do that. You can hear what you want to hear. You can touch what you want to touch. You can see what you want to see. You can be what you want to be. But you've got to become aware of it now by actively waking up something in you called your imagination. I laugh sometimes when I'm in like clubhouse or I'm in elevate or I'm just in the midst of certain parts of my life because I'm like, bruh, I imagined this. I was playing a game at about five or six years old. Me and my sisters, we used to get these pieces of paper when we went to our grands and we had this box. And you know how many of our grandparents was, worked at Mars factory. So we had this Mars chocolate box that was like a tin you know, when you got the special editions at Easter or Christmas, anybody who <laughs> grew up Caribbean in Slough, you had somebody that worked at Mars. So you knew what it was like when those bags of chocolate came or the special edition M&M men or whatever. And we had this tin. And in this tin, we had like handmade all of these sign up forms. They were little slips and it was, what's your name? What's your number? Um who's your parents, what activity would you like to do? And I'm telling you guys, we wrote out hundreds of them. And every day when I was pretty left out because my sister would play a lot more with like my cousins than that, I would sit on the stairs and I would in my head visualize people signing up, giving them this, I'd be on my phone like all the time. I was always on the phone talking to my boyfriend, Bobby, always, always on the phone talking to my boyfriend, Bobby and filling out these forms and and I realized that I laugh so much now when I even think about the conversations that I was having in play on my phone with my boyfriend, Bobby, because I swear to God, it was always drama. Like if it wasn't drama, he didn't love me kind of thing. <laughs> and I laugh because as a child, certain things that we know, we only know what we see, you know? And growing up, a lot of the relationships that I saw they had a lot of isms and schisms associated to them, you know? Um, the relationships that I value now as solid, um, I don't really remember seeing them much as a child. You get what I mean? I think as I got older and my perception of love changed, I saw different elements of relationships. And I think that's another thing that we have to realize. Where life is a mirror, and it's actually projecting things back to us. We see anything that we believe. So I believed love was associated with drama. I saw relationships that were full of drama. I believed that teachers were great. I had great teachers, you know. You have these certain beliefs. And yesterday I was coaching a client. And as I was coaching her, she was just like, it's so crazy because... This is what she was saying, that she's starting to hear how negative she is, but she would pride herself on being a positive person. But she's like, when she really starts to tap into what she's been thinking, she really doesn't expect anything good from life at her core. She believes life is hard. She believes family's toxic. 
She believes that money is the root of all evil. Things that were just coming out of her mouth. When you ask certain questions, quality questions, you get quality answers. And my ears were already pinged to her answers. But she didn't even know that's what she was believing until I asked her certain questions. And as it came out of her mouth, she was like, oh my gosh, I've just actually heard what I believe. And so many of us would love to believe that we're positive, would love to believe that we've got a positive aspect or perspective on life. When really what we think about things in life is really what life is reflecting to us. We believe people are a certain way. We believe men are this. We believe women is that. We believe love is this. We believe money is that. And so imagine if you've been brought up with money don't grow on trees, money don't grow on trees. Money is the root of all evil. People who have money are wicked. There's an embedded belief in you that you don't really want money. Because if you're a good person, why would you want to be wicked? Why would you want to be rooted in evil? Why would you want to change if you have a certain amount of money? So you don't understand how your belief caps your experiences. And she said to me, but I've heard it, but how do we get past it? And I said, you've got to be willing to firstly really look at what you believe. And we did a process so she could see what she believed. And then I said to her, for each one, is that what you want to continue to believe? And a percentage, say there was 10 beliefs or 10 different subjects, how much of them would you say are positive? And it was like two out of 10. Now, many people don't understand that when they open their mouths, that's sometimes what we're hearing. Not what they think they believe, but what they really believe. So I love it when people are like, oh yeah, I believe in God and oh, I believe in good and I believe in being positive and I believe in this, but every statement that comes out of their mouth is fear-based. Every statement that comes out of their mouth worships a different type of power worships people, worships the government, worships like, like their belief is in what is. And their belief is in what's happened and their belief is in the past. But you don't hear it when you're just talking. Unless you're awakened to it. And so I said to her, you've not only got to wake up to what you believe, but you've got to be willing to ask yourself, does that belief really support the life that you want to live? And if it's a no, now you've got permission to change. But again, it's a process. It's a process of having awareness first. And then you come into acceptance. And then you have to forgive. And now you've got to replace the belief. And there's a process to it. And so what was interesting in listening to people speak their truths over these last few weeks is, wow, that's why I asked a quality question yesterday. It's great to tell us how you got out, but what 
allowed you to get in? What allowed you to get into that circumstance, into that situation, into that belief? Because also we might have the awareness of what we believe, right? After some work. But if we don't have the awareness, what's surrounded and supported and incubated our belief, guess what, guys? We'll get back there. We'll get back there. And for some of us, it can be the environment, as in our parents, as in our homes, as in our work environment, as in our friends. And so what you really start to recognize is if that's your circle of influence, that then becomes your guidance. If those environments are triggering things, that becomes your influence and therefore that becomes your guidance. I didn't really understand, I keep saying this to you guys, all of the words that God has given me because it's just a word he gives me and it's just a theme. But when I really sit here and I think about the way that he's given them to me, relationships, power, purpose, influence, and guidance. What many people don't understand is your relationships are everything. Relationships are life, period. And if we don't have a healthy relationship with ourselves, we really don't have a healthy relationship with life. We really don't understand our power. We're not able to step into our purpose. We're very unclear of what's influencing us. And we'll lack guidance. But having a healthy relationship with self gives you a healthy relationship with life, gives you a healthy relationship with others. You know your power then. When you know your power, your purpose comes. You do everything intentionally and purposefully. You're so clear about what influences you as much as what you've got to influence. Because when you have a certain position of power and purpose, guess what? You are an influencer. You are. The difference is we can all influence someone or something, but it's different when you influence things on purpose with power. And you know that in order to do that, it comes from a divine guidance. And that divine guidance might show up in everyone and everything. And a lot of the time, you won't have the complete answers. Like I've just said, I don't have the complete answers of the words that God was giving me. But the tool of my imagination allows me to always reach for the desired outcome. In order to change any circumstance, 
You've got to imagine it possible. You've got to imagine the change. You've got to imagine that it is true. And that's how we get to experience heaven on earth. It's not a state outside of us. It's a state of being. It's your highest consciousness. Because the imagination has allowed everything on this earth that we use or be, it is started in the imagination. And that's what I said to her. She said, often I write down my goals, but they just seem so unrealistic. So I go, no, nope, I can't do that. And I said, could you imagine if everybody was realistic? The phone that you're listening on right now, if a person was realistic, this wouldn't be possible. Why? Because first of all, telephones had to be plugged into the wall and these, they were those big things. Calling overseas, connecting via Wi-Fi, a wireless connection, if everybody believed in what was, Wi-Fi wouldn't be possible. The colours on our phones, you guys remember those first phones with like that green groggy screen? Who would have thought that would turn into proper pictures? I remember the first pictures when it was like all these different symbols put together to create a bear or something. Now it's real emojis. Could you imagine if someone didn't think that that was possible? The car you're going to ride in. Wasn't his name Thomas Ford? He was one of the first people to create an automobile. Could you imagine if he just believed in horse and carriage? Everything, every single thing, this idea of clubhouse seminars that can create an electronic stage where audiences can listen and there can be people on a stage, who would have thought that was possible? But we're living it, we're experiencing it. And that's how we experience heaven on earth. The imagination is the way to everything. The imagination is your way out of your current circumstances. Your imagination is the way to a higher paycheck. Your imagination is the way to a healthy relationship. Your imagination is the way to the body that you desire. Many of you will go into the mirror mad at the way that you look, unhappy when you put on your clothes, but you won't dare to imagine yourself three sizes smaller. You won't dare to imagine yourself walking in that body, living in that home, driving that car. The imagination opens the portals to everything and they allow it to come from your head, like Michael Todd says, into your heart and out into your hands. If we allow ourselves to use the imagination in a bold way, we can stretch out and touch things that are millions of miles away. If you've ever read the book about the alchemist and the little boy is on his journey, as he travels on this journey, he went on a journey to look for something. 
he went on a journey because the current life he was living, he, he believed there was something else. So he went on a journey to discover it. And in discovering it, he came across many things that wasn't what he desired, that wasn't what he expected. But you know what? He kept imagining the love of his life. He kept imagining the golden riches. He kept imagining finding and meeting the alchemist. And he had many things on his journey, many weights on his journey, many stops, many no's. And I encourage you guys to listen to that book. I'm sure it's like two and a half hours long. It's not a long book or read that book. One of the most beautiful books I've ever read in terms of imagination, literally one of my favorite books ever. Because it invites you to start looking deeper. Plus, he comes across so many signs that don't make sense at the time. But as he looks back, everything makes sense as to why he had to go through that thing or experience that thing early in his journey, because later on it would make sense. And I fell in love with that book because I was watching an interview and I heard Will Smith say, The Alchemist is one of my favourite books. And when I watch great people I'm not watching them just to celebrate them I'm watching them to eat on what they're eating on I'm listening to their journey to pick up the tools that they've been using I'm tapping in because success is not a secret it's a system success leaves clues Will Smith is one of the greatest of our time in what he has been able to create. Some of us don't acknowledge people that we should be learning from. Some of us skip the lessons that we're not even tapping into because we so believe they're outside of us. But I dare you to imagine that you could live a life like Will Smith. You could live a life like whoever it is that you admire. You've just got to be willing to imagine it. Imagination alone creates divine vision. The ability to just think, feel, connect and create something before it lands in your hands. That's a key. Sometimes we're in circumstances, scenarios and situations that we legit cannot see a way out of. We're asking, we're praying, we're, we're, we're hoping, we're seeking counsel, we're getting advice. We're doing the next best thing and we still can't see a way out of it. My question is, have you imagined a way out of it? We view many things as outside of ourselves. But when we choose to imagine, we really become the God within. And we recognize how God is man. Because God can make anything possible. And in your imagination, anything is possible. And so your body extends beyond its physical form 
because it extends to reach for something. It extends to ask for something. It extends to believe in something. It extends to create something. And that's the God energy. The God is all seeing, all knowing, all creating. And so we become that. We become awakened to our power. We become awakened to what's possible. We become awakened to having courage to pursue that thing. We become awakened to be resilient in the circumstances that we're in. We become awakened to a knowingness that although I can't smell it, touch it, taste it, sense it yet, it's coming. Because I believe it is. Furthermore, I know it is because I've imagined it possible. Whatever we ask, we know it will be accomplished. But here's my thing. In the month of guidance, who are we asking? Who are we asking? Where are we asking? Where are we building these pictures of our truths, these pictures that we call beliefs, these systems that we're standing on, where are we building them? Where are, we, where are they coming from? Where are we forming them and creating them? And for many of us, we often feel like we ain't got much control over our emotions, let alone our circumstances. But here's what happens when you dare to imagine. You wake yourself up to a new emotional state of being because you're able to breathe in and out new ideas. And I always say breath is perhaps the closest thing or one of the closest things that we've got to God. Because right here, right now, when you focus on breathing, taking a deep breath in and taking a deep breath out, and you really get in tune with that breath and you stay in breathing, nothing else matters but those breaths. And so sometimes when your circumstances are difficult, when you wake up and you're in things that you never thought you would be in, whether good or bad, you can always imagine your next now. And that's how you make it. That's how you make it possible. That's how you make it a reality now. You tap in, you tap out of your current circumstances and you tap in to your imagination. An image, an image that can shift a nation can be birthed through you. In your imagination, a product that can shift a nation can be birthed through you. Words that can heal a nation can be birthed through you. 
in your imagination. But are you willing to imagine something possible? And then witness it, wake up and experience it, feel it, bear witness to it. I remember when I imagined a time where women were just courageous enough to speak their stories. I'm living it now. I imagined a time where I was going from one role to the next role, to this role, to that role. I'm living it now. I imagined, I swear there was a time I wanted my house redecorated so bad. I kept imagining me sitting at a certain place doing workshops. I imagined it. I kept imagining it. I kept imagining it. I kept imagining it. I imagined it. What have you imagined that you are now living? You are now witnessing. You are now experiencing. You are now breathing in because you breathed some ideas into something. You breathed some energy into something. You breathed some thoughts into something. And before you know it, you're in it. You're in it. You made it. Have you celebrated it? Have you given thanks? Have you really expressed gratitude? There was a time when you didn't think you were free. You didn't think your circumstances will change. You didn't think the roof over your head will change. You didn't think your relationship status will change. You didn't think your children would turn around. You didn't think your finances would change. Your belief systems would change. And they have. Have you acknowledged it? Have you celebrated it? And have you remembered that you imagined it long before it happened. So what happens if you dare to imagine something now? And you continue to imagine it. And you imagine it all the time until you feel childlike, until you live in wonder and possibi possibilities because nothing limits you but you. Nothing will stop you but you. It doesn't matter what the job is doing or not doing, what the partner is doing or not doing, what the family is doing or not doing, what the government, the world, the coronavirus, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what those things are doing when you're able. Could you imagine if we all just imagined the world healed people living in love, like if we actually just spent half the time that we do focusing on what's going wrong, if we just spent half that time imagining something else to be possible, do you know what we would create? Do you know what we would manifest? Do you know what we'd wake up in? But again, many statements that fly out of our mouths come from fear. We imagine that the world is gonna be worse for our great-grandchildren. We imagine that it's only gonna get worse because of the decisions that people are making. 
we imagine that things are not going to work out because guess what? It ain't the same like when we were growing up. And what we don't realise is how much we're creating that. This society that we talk about, this government, this politics, these people, that is us. So what happens when we imagine ourselves as being in those positions and having the world that we all desire to live in, the peace we want to experience? I imagine some of the connections that I have now years ago when I didn't have them. I didn't feel like I could vibe with people or connect with people or grow with people or elevate with people. I kept imagining it. I kept asking for it. I kept seeing it. I kept visualizing tables that we would sit down at and make things happen. I visualized um, ribbon being cut. I visualized buildings. I visualized where are you guys imagining things possible? Or did you think that was childlike stuff? I dare you to remember that you've made it. And half of the things you've made it through is simply because you imagined it possible. And right here, right now, in any moment, you can give yourself to imagine, permission to imagine anything. Because everything that we currently experience was created in someone's imagination everything and so if we really believe in this one power then we have to recognize where things are coming from but how they're manifesting on earth is they're coming through people what will you allow to come through you what will you allow to be birthed through your imagination What will you allow yourself to tap into just because you've made it? Will you allow yourself to imagine some more things possible and wake up one day and be breathing in them, living in them, bathing in them? Because one day you remembered to imagine yourself into a better state of being just by breathing life into new ideas, into new circumstances, into new scenarios. Breathe life into those things that you've had into your head. Breathe life into those dreams that you've wrote down on paper. And start by imagining it so much that I'm telling you what will happen is you'll just start to get signs of where to go and what to do. People will randomly be connected to you. People will randomly show up that can help you. Help will come out of nowhere. Because the crazy thing about imagining and thinking things possible is when the student is ready. <laughs> The teacher repairs, the support appears, the path appears, the path is illuminated in front of you. That many of us who question and wonder and think about the next step, when you dare to imagine it possible, guess what? 
The next step just comes out of the ground and you step. You step because the path is right there. The whole universe gets behind you to support you. But many of us are distracted by circumstances and roadblocks. So we stop imagining it possible. We stop believing it. We stop creating the pictures and the senses and the feelings attached to it. It's not enough just to write things down, by the way. It's not enough just to ask for the vision and write it down. Mm -mm, you got to smell it, taste it, dream it, think it, believe it. You've actually got to see it. But more than seeing it, you've got to be it. So when people are around me that don't have jobs, I say, get up every day like you've got a job. Wake up every day, get ready, do your hair, put your shoes on, put your outfit on and sit down like you've got a job. Take a walk like you've got a job. For many people that want to manifest the man of their dreams, start acting like you've got that person. The woman of your dreams, conduct yourself like he's already there. Imagine it possible and put some energy behind it, some feelings behind it. And watch what happens. But for some of you, this is too unrealistic for you to tap into. Because guess what? The world is coming down before our eyes. So let's pay attention to it and let's see how we'll help. Let's imagine our children in schools that help them to be who they are. Let's imagine people in loving, healthy relationships. Yo, some of us can't help our children, but we can imagine the help that our children need. Some of us can't help parts of our family members because we're not physically there, but we can imagine them having the support that they need. Some of us feel like we can't help our current communities or finances or whatever, but we can imagine having more than we need. It's up to you what pictures you draw in your mind, because guess what? They most certainly will be reflected in your life. So what will you dare to imagine? I'm done. If anybody's got any questions, thoughts, ideas, realizations from today or yesterday that you just want to express, please come to the stage and please share them with us. And please have a conversation with me. But just know everything is possible in your imagination. Grand Rising, Miss Tina, how are you? I am great. I just got a reminder from accountability buddy, one of them. Miss Tina, are you checking in today? Oh, gosh. And it's, it's something that I put on, you know, my... um discipline diary my habits to remember to check in because I just go from one thing to the other and then before you know it I've missed the checking in time so I just explained to her I'm not going to check in because it's now she just reminded me at eight o'clock or just a minute to eight and I just saw it so I said I've missed the time so I won't be disrespectful but um 
yeah, so that's on my mind as I come in that I've got to get more disciplined with my habits. But you were speaking about imagining and the, from the conversation yesterday, um, looking back for my part of when my children going the way that I wanted it to uh, in, in that particular stage or the way that I didn't feel good you know, with, the, with the way that things was happening. And I did used to imagine my way out of it. I did used to imagine my way, you know, in a different, that's what I used to imagine. How do I make this work? What do I need to do? That's when I sort of spoke yesterday about, you know, thinking, oh, let me try this or let me try that, or, you know, like making myself different to allow the relationship, to allow the family. And yeah, that wasn't working. So then I had to imagine my way out. I had to imagine and plan and what was the best way to escape the situation that I was in. So it did take some imagining some a different way. Um, the other thing, I was thinking of the way, the what the room was called yesterday. It was something that I slept on myself or I can't remember word for word. But it reminded me of my movie days. And, you know, I, anybody that doesn't know me, I love drama. I write dramas. I write scripts. I, you know, you just give me one sentence and I'll make a whole film out of it. And one of the particular films that I loved was Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh, my God. That film. <laughs> Woo! That just had, like, another level. And the way that she had to imagine and plan and pre you know pre-think her she faked her own death to get out of that that relationship and then she was in a completely new life and next thing you know he found her and i'm, I'm speaking about it and i'm just feeling the oh my gosh the, the fear that was going through me like oh my god oh no you know like sometimes i'm shouting at the tv look out oh my god he's outside and, you know they can't hear you but you really go into the, the script or the drama or what's been shown out. So, yeah, we are always using our imagination in, in one way or the other. Like you said, whether we're either imagining and adding to the situation that we don't like by using our imagination in a negative way or a fearful way, or else we're imagining a way to a different path, a different way or imagining ourselves beyond that side, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen if I go over there, but what if? And just imagining that, imagining what is over there and what is possible if I take the steps there. So it's, it's like yesterday, the realisation for me is that I would say, yeah, I'm faithful. I would say, yeah, I'm whatever. But the, the honest fact is when faced with the situation, one of the first places that I go to more often than not is fear. And then I got to speak myself up or speak myself into courage or speak myself into taking action in a different direction. So yeah, after yesterday's room, it it did remind me of the film Sleeping with the Enemy because sometimes you're lying down and I would say physically and metaphorically with situations that you know don't serve you you know they're not for you you know that they don't make you feel good you know that you're living dwelling existing in a place of fear 
more often than not. But it's, it's just that courage or that, like you said, using your imagination to create a different way out of the current reality. So yeah, that's what came up for me. I love that. We really do have to allow ourselves to imagine ourselves um, with faith past our circumstances. I think in many situations it is, you know, and I always say I love having a Virgo mum because Virgos, <laughs> Virgos are funny people. They think the worst before they think the best, you know? So it might be like, oh my God, mum, I'm going on this amazing fun fair ride. She's going to think, well, the seatbelt could come off and you could drop down and da, da, da. And I'll be like, what, mum? Like, it's a fun ride, but they jump into fair and then they navigate themselves out of it. And um, not just them, like sometimes we have to remember that we are thinking like that every day. And they, they touched on this yesterday, we jump into our fear first and then we're like, oh, okay, cool, let me have some faith. But sometimes we've been there too long. And so we've already gonna create the outcome of that because wherever energy goes, energy grows. The rule doesn't change. The rule doesn't change. The rule doesn't change. I'm sorry, I, I had asked you, Tanya, in the chat, was your imaginary boyfriend, Bobby, that when you was playing the game of registering people and stuff like that, was it Bobby from Dallas? I don't know what that is. Don't you remember Dallas? What used to sit down and watch with Granny Dallas, the program with JR. I don't he know, was... but I just used to know that my boyfriend was Bobby. <laughs> because he had a brother. JR had a brother called um, Bobby. And I think now, when you said I had a boyfriend called Bobby, I think that you used to fancy Bobby, the character <laughs> in the room, and watch it with, with Mum. So when you said Bobby, I was asking you, is it? Is saying too. I can't, mm -mm, guys. I can't remember nothing called Dallas. Yeah, it was JR. Who shot JR, Tony? That was a big thing. It had t shirts and hats and a whole life of, of its own. But um, what I'm also thinking about with when I come up here, I like to share, I like to testify, I like to say how I believe that. Um, <laughs> I, I want to. That Dawn is saying, or was his death one of the Yeah, that was the whole Dallas world. But um, mm -hmm. I want to say how my life has changed. Because at one time, you would have, I would have thought I was the busiest person in the world. But believe me, I had time to sit down and watch neighbours, um, EastEnders. Even one point, my auntie and them started to come down. I got into Coronation Street, and on my sky, they were recorded, and I would do catch up on a Sunday while I'm. Um, doing my ironing or doing this or, do, you know, there was always time for me to fit in, oh yeah, I've got to catch up on this because most times that's what most people were speaking about. 
you know, it was like, oh, did you see Sanders? And did you see what? And a lot of those dramas, they are the environment by which we shape our lives. They're the standard by which we shape our life consciously or subconsciously. So what happened is at one point when my cousin Sharon died many years ago now, 1993, I remember thinking, oh no, I'm not dealing with grief like how EastEnders or them programs would have, you know, influenced my head on how I'm supposed to deal with grief. So then I started to say, oh my God, did I not, did I not love her? Why am I not reacting to her death in a way that dramas or television or these programs are, why was it that, why was that not happening? And I started to question myself. And then I went to the family members and I, I went to her brothers, I went to my other cousins and I'm like, hang on guys, are we, are we actually dealing with this right? Because um, I think I was like 25 at the time. And it, I just was like, you know, this is somebody that grew up in my home with me as a sister. My mum took her in and, and she grew up with me as a sister. So I was kind of like, oh, do I feel anything? Do I Like the indication of how I'm supposed to feel and whatever, I was influenced by the dramas, by the perspective that those dramas gave me of life. So when Tanya said, you know, she used to look at certain relationships and they were full of drama, and then that's where her focus or her her compass for defining what a relationship would look like came from. And for me, it was shaped by the TV, the television, telling lies to my vision of how life is supposed to be. And, you know, it got to the point that one morning I rang Tanya and Claudine and I said, Oh my God, I was watching GMTV because I have to wake up to watch GMTV, believe it or not. And Dr. Hillary, or him or somebody he had on there, was speaking about prostate cancer. And trust me, I had all of the symptoms of prostate cancer. Yes, I'm not dotish, I'm not foolish, I know I don't have a prostate. But I somehow thought because I have a tendency to really... um live from my masculine energy i'm more masculine in my energy than i am feminine i was like yeah but are you not sure that that i i, I you know i might not physically have a prostrate but i might and they were like mom 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 can you please like when tiny was saying that you know she just laughs it, she's not joking she was like mom would you please just stop it could you just please get off of our phone and stop being and I, that was when I had to realise that my brain, my thoughts, it's like a sponge and I take in everything and I have to choose wisely what I take in and what I allow to consume my ears, what I allow to consume my life because I react off of that. And then I make, I, I, you could turn your including even though they say, mum, you don't have a prostrate or whatever, I thought there was some miraculous thing because I have masculine energy. I know I have the symptoms of prostate cancer. So, you know, you have to really be careful what you are being influenced by, what is feeding your relationships, as Tanya said, what is giving you power? And where is that power going? Is the power going to fear or is it going to your faith? And 
if you don't know faith, because when Tanya is talking about imagination and imagine, imagining yourself in a way that you have not yet seen, that's having faith. And I'm not speaking about religious faith. It's just having faith in yourself. It's having faith in things can be different. It's having faith that even in a world that we're living in where the government are going here, this is going there, the family looks like this. Or do you have faith and courage to stand in your own, you know, belief that things could be different? And that's what I was hearing from what you were sharing this morning time. Yes, that's it, it's true. So I'm saying many of us can't get past the now because it's all we believe in. And we believe in the drama, the thoughts, everything that's attached to it. We won't possibly ima imagine anything different. Um, and a lot of the things that we've created are influenced by what we've seen. So again, if you haven't seen, it was so powerful what Anna said yesterday, she hadn't seen anything different. So in effect, she didn't imagine anything different possible. She accepted a lot of things in relationship because that's what she saw. And so I dare us to dream. I dare us to tap into our imagination. A beautiful movie to watch if you haven't is Dare to Dream on Netflix, which actually is a mini reflection of the secret and the laws of attraction and how you can understand that in real life. So we're tapping into the weekend. I always encourage people to watch movies that can inspire you. Dare to Dream, I think it's called, um, by the producers of The Secret is a good movie to understand these things. Grand Rising, Miss Sandra, how are you? Grand Rising. Um, yesterday's um, Clubhouse, uh, Julie and Anna were really very brave, very commendable. Um, but it also unleashed something in me that I'd buried for like 40 years and it kept coming up and it kept coming up and I was trying to ignore it. And so I think this morning I'm going to, um, to um, try and, and reveal it. When I was um, 17, uh, my brother had collapsed. Like I was 16 and I just turned, you know, I just turned 17. My brother collapsed and when I got home from work, because I had a work job in Superdrugs, um, my mum and dad have said, your brother's collapsed and he's in the hospital in, in London. So we went up to the hospital in London. And my brother was on a life support machine. He was only 15. And apparently he had a brain hemorrhage and, and that his brain was dead. But mum and dad, at this time, they couldn't make the decision to um, whether to... to turn off the life support machine or not, because it was their baby boy at the end of the day. It was my dad's only son, and, you know, he was the middle child. And as black parents and things that they're not used to that kind of thing to be, they, they couldn't make a decision, so it was left to me. And because I was quite close to my brother, I knew he didn't want to be left on a machine you know, with his organs being kept alive, and it would, and it would, and I thought that at the time affected the whole family. What about me and my sister? Because mum and dad will be looking after him in his room. All the attention would be going to him, and I can't, you know, believe that I was actually thinking this stuff at um, that early age. So um, I decided, no, they're not going to 
they can't, you know, they're going to have to switch off the life support machine. But then I heard the doctors talking and the doctors were saying, you know, you need to speak to them a bit more because we want the organs. We need to speak to them, try and get the parents to keep him alive so we can have his organs. And the moment I heard that, I just thought, no, you're not having him with his organs. My, my brother's going to be, because he was going to be cremated, with everything. And, you know, you lot don't get anything. And so, for me, that that signified or that gave me the validation that I had made the right decision for my parents and for my family. But then, after that, I buried it. Totally and utterly buried it until yesterday. <laughs> Wow. This is also a bit wet. Oh dear. Morning, Moni. This is also a bit wet. Is it? Yeah. Okay, darling. Auntie will sort it out. I love that you shared that. Um, you know, this is what I'm saying about uncovering things that we subconsciously carry. And um, that's a tough decision to make at 16, 17 years old. And also that's why I really felt like the room today had to be called. You made it. You came through some things that you just didn't think would land in your lap or that you had the strength, power, knowledge, education, awareness, whatever it is to do. But there was something in that moment that made you do something. And so some of the stuff that we bury, we've got to celebrate. We've got to thank. We've got to face. And really start to look for what it taught us, what it seasoned us for, what it prepared us for, what it equipped us for. Because nothing doesn't happen for a reason. So I can trace my burying stuff and not being vulnerable and keeping stuff to myself all these years back to that moment because I didn't want to have to make another decision that serious. Again, I, the last 40 years, I buried stuff. I never spoke about stuff. I know that my children thought I was heartless and just mum with the stern face, but, you know, that wasn't the reason at all. It's only like you say, but I'm feeling the, uh, the latest. And, when, you know, I am, as I said, on the journey, been on the journey this last nine years, so of me and the reason I ended up at the wellbeing coaching clinic is because something happened at work and my life had revolved around work. I identified myself as work, 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 work. And the counsellor said, well, what happens when you haven't got work? Because work was your coping mechanism. Cope was what you run, work was where you ran to to deal with things. She says, no, you don't have work anymore. How are you going to cope? And I didn't. I didn't cope. So I ended up with them helping me through it. Wow. It's really amazing what you can find when you actually just trust the process and how many things are linked. Like, this is what people don't understand. Sometimes it's, this, it, it's something tiny. What you had to do was quite a big decision. In my eyes, a massive decision. But because of the effects of that decision, you then decide for the rest of your life, you're going to be guarded. You never want to be put in a position of power because if you have to make a decision that affects other people, you don't want it. 
And so you wouldn't accept the calling like you've just recently done to create your business or step into things because that's a position of power and responsibility and influence. Why would you want it? And that's also why many of us reject positions that we've been asked to step into. It's why many of us sit in the audience and listen instead of being bold and speaking up and not just in this audience, right? It's while you're sitting in the audience at work when something is going on that you don't like, but you won't have the courage to step forward because somewhere in your life you've done that before and the outcome of it affected you. And you're still carrying the notions of it, the feelings attached to it, the momentum, you're still living it. And no, just... I was able to put it down yesterday. That's what I mean. Thanks to them two ladies, I was actually able to put it down yesterday because I've woken up differently today. I'm actually up, I'm dressed, and by my computer, as to the spin already with the shopping, put it away. It's just a different, as you say, the next stage. I don't know, because my dad's birthday would be on Sunday. No, my dad's birthday would have been on Saturday. And, you know, usually it would be a Saturday for me, but it's not because I see that my brother, when, when, when my dad died, I said, oh, my God, my brother gets to have his dad back. That's how I saw it. My brother had been there for so many, all those years um, without us. And then when my dad died, I didn't see it as a sad thing. Because I got to make up with my dad and we got to put things um, to rest. And we actually, I, I was, I, he, I, he let me, he went, leaving me safe, leaving me home. Um, I was glad for my brother. I always say it. I always say, oh my God, Ian's got dad back. He gets to have dad back to himself. Because, you know, he hasn't had a father all these years, whether he's in heaven, wherever he is. So to me, Sunday, it's Saturday, so it's going to be one massive celebration for me I love that and as always I just love how you're boldly participating in these rooms you're boldly sharing your story and your journey and your awarenesses and your revelations and your steps and and um you and mum always come to the stage to offer you know your your parts of the journey and I just appreciate it um as always we are blessed by other people's stories. We are seeing ourselves in other people's chapters. And it's given us all healing. It's given us all awareness. It's given us courage. It's given us the ability to step in and know like, you know what? If it's possible for them, it's possible for me. And so it's beautiful participating in your own life by not only doing the work and not only joining the conversation, but really been a witness to how the stuff is helping you. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I really love to hear it. So thank you. If there's anyone else who wants to come to the stage because they've had any awarenesses through these conversations or any revelations, please do. Um, I found something that I wrote in 2017. And actually it's been in my spirit guys. And I just want to ask you guys, it's really been in my spirit Normally, towards the end of the year, I do something. I'll do like a 90-day run. It's not a physical run. It is a, it's like I will call a group of people together and for 90 days, we will amp up the energy on something. It might be a 21-day run. It might be a seven-day self-love course, but it's a certain amount of days of a persistent journey um, where you probably just have to commit about half an hour 
to just better in yourself literally so I just give you the content and the context and then you have to indulge in about half an hour to an hour a day to doing the work that will help you wrap up the year with a new lease of energy and new clarity and new momentum I'm really my spirit is telling me to do one this year if you feel that that would help you and you feel like that is a good idea and you would want to be a part of that please do send me a message because once I have a few people I'll know that it's go time and we'll make it happen um, but again, it takes communication, it takes your energy, it, it's, it's an exchange, it's not me just giving and you sitting on the fence taking, it's not that, it is an exchange, it's you participating in doing the work, um, actually participating in the process. So if you feel like that would benefit you, please, please, please do let me know. It's in my spirit to do one, to wrap up the year. Um, but a few years ago, I did 100 days with 100 women. It was amazing. At the end of 2017, we got 100 women um, to do an 100-day run to wrap up the end of the year and step into 2017. And then we had to step into 2018. And then we had a celebration ceremony. I'm also doing this year a live manifestation and visualization party. If you would like to know the details to that, it is going to sell out quickly. If you've never been in a live room with me, you should definitely be there. What we do is we set your vision for the year, for the next year ahead. Um, and if you don't know, about two years ago, I created something called a manifestation box and I had a manifestation party. It was my first one prior to COVID. One minute, baby boy. And as a part of that, I wrote down everything I wanted with an amount of processes that we did live. I actually believe Elsa's in the room and she was at that party and the same thing happened for her. But every single thing that I put in that box, and I mean every single thing from amounts of money to the relationship I wanted to, like everything, everything, every single thing manifested and it manifested in one of the most difficult years of all time. If you know what is possible when you are surrounded by the right things and you have the right support, mm, it is absolutely life-changing. And I've gone on to do a visualization party every year since. Um, last year we did a virtual one, but this year we will be back doing it in real life. So if you want the details for that, we are doing that next week. My dance fitness classes are back on Winning Wednesdays. If you like the details for that, please do let me know as well. We're coming up to the end of the year and we're finishing strong, guys. We're not going out empty. We're going out full. So if there's any of those journeys that you would like to be a part of, please let me know. And as always, the Elevate space is always open for you to tap in and join at any time. But here's what I wrote on one of the days to end that journey a couple of years ago. It says, the gratitude was high, so the blessings were plenty. Even when I have nothing, I am never empty. Your vision should fill you up. It's the sight behind your eyes. It's your wings that help you fly. It's seeing with your heart and the listening to your soul. It's the mission that you find through tunnel vision, as you can only see the end. The middle part is dark, it's sometimes cloudy, and you cannot always see the how clearly. But the end, you can picture clear as day. And even if you're scared, you jump anyway. It's that calling that makes you jump out of bed in the morning. It's that journey that makes you lose sleep. 
It's the parts of you that you know is greater than you. And as a result of it, you become a different you. You do things you never thought you could do. And sometimes your question has really been, what or who or how is this planted inside of you? As even when you don't know how, you always find a way. It's that big thing on your heart that never goes away. It's the very same thing that people will love in you, yet never quite truly understand about you. It's that one special pair of glasses that have been given to you. Your vision will always pull you through. Where there is a will, there is a way. Take time today to observe the view and don't ever expect people to understand it when it's only been given to you. Just because it's not coming through now, it doesn't mean it's not coming through. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And if you never believed in a source greater than you, then I guarantee you, through being obedient and faithful in your mission, your vision will truly show you what the divine can do. Trust it. Even when you don't fully understand it, be grateful. And I did an A to C, an A to Z, I should say, of self-love. I'm actually going to re-release that to end the year. But that was for V and vision. And at this time of year, guys, please, there's, there's a beautiful energy. If you tap into it, it feels muggy, right? But if you start asking, ask for the vision for your life, ask for the vision for your career, ask for the vision for your business, your relationship, your body, like ask and listen. And then wake up and be faithful. Wake up every day and date yourself. Go to the mirror and love yourself. And fall in love with the visions that have been given to you. Imagine anything possible. Imagine your way out of anything and everything because that's the key to creating. Imagine it, imagine it, imagine it, imagine yourself walking different, talking different, living different, eating different, whatever it is. Imagine there's a game that I used to play. And every day I would visualize my bank account added another thousand pound, adding another thousand pound, adding another thousand pound. And you watch how money starts coming out of anywhere and everywhere. Imagine yourself losing another two pounds, another three pounds. Watch where you're going to deposit. Did you deposit those pounds to people who don't have much money? Did you deposit those pounds as clothes? Did you deposit those pounds as more nature in the world? <laughs> if only y'all knew what you could do with your imagination. Watch me. I'm about to transform everything. Everything, period. Talk with conviction walk with conviction, live with conviction, knowing that anything you desire is possible, period. And that's all. Any more questions, thoughts or ideas or we out, out? I wanted to say to Sandra, um, it's so funny, um, not funny like ha ha, but when you were just speaking about your brother, you took me to my sister and it was funny because yesterday you got that out of two women sharing their stories um and you're you picked up a decision that you had to make around your brother just listening to them make you know speaking about decisions that they had to make for their life and whatever so we took you to a decision that you had to make about your 
about your brother. And I just want to say, Sandra, that honestly, if I had the situation with my sister, that she was on a life support, I might have been selfish and I might have just said, no, leave her there, leave her there. I might have, I might have said that. So it took courage for you to make that decision. But it's really strange as well, because when you had heard what the doctors had said about um, using, you know, your brother's parts and you were like, no, so you made the decision. And when my mum was ill, I had, I was blessed by God. That's the only way that I could explain it to overhear the doctor, her doctor, saying to the hospital that he was transferring her to. He was saying, oh, I'm sending you a a black female, she's very strong, she's got good genes, da, 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 da. and he was sending her to a training hospital, and I, I overheard the conversation where he was explaining that, you know, she's got remarkable strength, so, you know, they could basically use her to train, and I overheard it, and, you know, I was like, oh, no, mum, you've got to just, there's nothing more they could do for you, and you've got to just decide, because she wanted to go back home, but mum had so much faith in this doctor, so much belief in him, that I just kind of had to allow her. It was really hard. And then when she went to the hospital, one of the student nurses, he was a mixed race, and, you know, she said, oh, that, that young boy, he comes by my bed every day and he stares at me and he gives me the creep. So I went over to him and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, but you're unsettling my mum. And he said to me with tears in his eyes, he said, look, I wanted to be a doctor and I'm here training. And every time that I look at your mother, it could be my mum. And there's nothing more that they can do for her. But what they're doing is they're using her for like training for advancement of medicine and, you know, surgery and that sort of thing. And he was like, and it's just making me realised that that could be my mum. I, I think that it, it made him feel like not to go ahead with, with his training as a, as, a, as a young doctor. So it was really interesting to hear you share that this morning about what you had heard about your brother and the decision that you had to make, because I had to make a similar decision with my mum from a space of love and just say, look, mum, it's time for you to go home. And she didn't want to. She she didn't want to give up because she was like, no, Tina. If they if they help me, I'll live. And you know, she wanted to live. And I had to say, nope. It's time for you to go home. So hearing you make that decision, I I felt like I had to disconnect her from the doctor that she felt was supporting her life at that time, and connect her back to her the faithful woman that she is, and trusting in the higher power. And I think the other day when Tanya was speaking, she said that Thursday will be the day of support. So thank you, Sandra, for sharing about your brother on life support. And thank you, Sandra, for constantly being a support to me and coming in my inbox and <laughs> encouraging me and testifying how much you're getting out of this space. And even last night when you said it was difficult and you would normally lock yourself away, but you're going to be in Clubhouse today and you stood in your power and you're in Clubhouse. And I just want to thank you so much for coming up and sharing and for being you, Sandra. Well, thank you. The thing is, but, um, thank you for that. Um, it was saying my mum and dad, it was saying, you know, my mum and dad, 
they couldn't make that decision. They were actually arguing at the hospital bed that my dad wants to take him home and look after him. My mum's saying, well, we've got Sandra and Carol to think of. So, you know, it had to be, I had to make the decision, like you said, to save the family. But then I felt so guilty because I was thinking of me and my sister as well. And it's the reason I think that I buried it because I felt like, you know, I sacrificed my brother so that me and my sister could live. And it took quite a lot of years for me to realise I did the best thing. And yeah, I got angry because I was ready to say, let's take him home until I heard those doctors. So like, oh, just, you know, a few more minutes and we might get some lovely lungs. And you know, that is how they would think it. So can you imagine that was 40 years ago? What is it like now? You know, what is it like now? We don't know. We don't know what's going on. And at the end of the day, it, it was the beginning of the end of my mum's and dad's marriage. This, the grief, they didn't survive. The grief didn't survive. It put them apart. It didn't put, it didn't put them together. It put, pulled our family apart. But as usual with black parents, they stayed at home as a whole for me and my sister, especially grieving and going through that time until they felt that we were, you know, stuck all right enough to be to handle them splitting up, but they split up after 35 years of marriage, which didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I know we could put it down to, you know, some grief makes you, some grief doesn't. Look what happened to Stephen Lawrence and his mum and dad. The grief, they broke them up. The dad couldn't take it. He went to live in Jamaica. And she had no one really to support her through this, you know, all these years. So yesterday was a massive, massive, um, release, revelation, but it was also, it looks like it's what I've needed because sometimes I get these feelings of doom and gloom and I think, what's coming in now? What's this all about? Yesterday I had a massive, massive headache. Massive. I couldn't chip there until I came into Clubhouse last night. And that's just a perfect example of when you're willing to trust the process and stay open, you will get what you need. The the universe has dope ways of supporting us literally but some of us are looking and expecting the support to look like a certain way and that's just not how it comes it can come wrapped in brown sandpaper and it's the blessing that you needed and it didn't come in the gold glittery paper and it's exactly what you needed we always get what we need as long as we're willing to be open honestly super hard decisions that you've both had to make and you've made it You've made it, celebrate that courage, celebrate that strength, celebrate that resilience, celebrate stepping up and the power that you used in that moment and trust that everything is as it's supposed to be. And forgive anyone attached to those situations that may have disappointed you, may have hurt you. Um, yeah, that's the work. That's what it really looks like. Would you just read my mind again? <laughs> nah. You know when her parents was arguing like about the decision. Well, my dad was like, "Just leave her here. When she's dead, she she'll be none the wiser. We'll just we'll just bury her here, and she won't even know she'll be dead." I was like, "How dare you!" Like so, as just when Tanya was just before Tanya said that, I was thinking, "Dad, I forgive you because I was really mad with him." for that decision at that time. It was my mother. So, yeah, Tani, you said that 
bang on the, the time that I was thinking of. I said, oh, God, there she goes again, feeling stuff. Yeah. Honestly, since yesterday, I've been hearing, my spirit's been telling me that a lot of things need to be declared complete. And many of us go through circumstances. And although we might do the work, we might be aware, we might accept it, we might forgive, we might replace, but we do not declare it complete and we still carry it. So please, some of you guys is lost relationships, past relationships. And I'm not just talking intimate, I'm talking work, I'm talking um, friendships, declare things complete declare them done declare them complete it's so powerful you're right and also i realized um losing my dad in april my dad was a coward and that part of me i get from him and he would often go to fear first and it wasn't him being horrible he would just feel like i'll just leave it you know like the fear would just be like it's easier to just let her die here, you know, here. But her wish was to go back home. So for me, I, I wanted to, you know, fulfill her wish. And sometimes it's not personal. It's just people from where they make their decisions and their choices. So, yeah, thank you, Tanya. I declare it complete. Yeah, your words are powerful. Miss Anita, Grand Rising, welcome to the stage. How are you? Grand Rising. I'm feeling great today, um, this morning, and grand rising to everybody. Um, I've just been listening. Firstly, Tina, gosh, the, the decisions you guys had to make, and Sandra, wow, what a responsibility was put on you at such a young age. I'm just saying how brave you both are. Um, but I've woken up this morning just reflecting on last night's clubhouse room, and um, I didn't join the whole room because I was in a, a Sanas charity meeting. So I came on when Anna was speaking about her dad. I'm like, oh, gosh. Um, and this week, I've been working a lot um, on my own, being still, and um, working a lot on the relationship that I have with my dad. And a lot of what she said resonated. And for the first time yesterday, I just heard that, for those that may not know, um, I struggle with my relationship with my dad. Um, he wasn't, in my view, the best dad growing up. He wasn't, he was really hard, he was really harsh. And um, I didn't feel that I got what I needed from him as a dad. Um, a young girl, and I've carried this for a lot of years, probably over 40 years, actually. And um, yeah, he wasn't the best husband either. So these are things that I've carried. I've been angry at my dad for a long, long time and our relationship has not been great. So it's something that I've been working on um, and trying. I use the T word because I've been trying um, and it, yeah, hasn't worked. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work on and writing forgiveness letters this week to myself firstly um, and my dad. And it's really worked. I've had two, three days where I've had sickness and diarrhea. It's just sort of like hit me this week. I couldn't function. I slept for 18 hours on Tuesday. Like literally, I couldn't move. And I just went, oh my gosh, I've just never had this before. But yesterday, coming into the clubhouse room when I did and hearing Anna speak, it was a great room, by the way, for everything that I heard. I'm just like, 
oh my gosh, that's like me and my dad. And for the first time, I'm just like, I can't change the past. I can't change who he was then. He is a very different person now. And I still feel, yeah, dad, you're in denial. But yesterday, again, for the first time, we had a conversation. We actually had a good old buddy laugh. And when I look back at like, oh, we had a really good laugh. I just thought, because I've not thought of the past, I wasn't triggered by anything that he said, which normally I get triggered very, very quickly because I'm just like, how can you say that? That wasn't true. You didn't do that. Are you in denial? Can you not remember? But yesterday was the first time, and this laughter that happened before I went into Clubhouse and then hearing Anna, I just thought, oh my gosh, that's the first time we've had a really good old laugh. It's a rare occurrence. Um, so this morning, I do feel complete. I've actually woken up and I'm like, I'm not mad at him anymore, actually. I'm really not. And I know there'll be times where I'm like, mm, I might have to bite my teeth and grip my tongue, but bite my tongue and grip my teeth, sorry. Um, but I'm just like, it is what it is. I actually do feel you saying that, Tanya. And when I see you made it, I feel that I've made it this week. And I feel that I do feel complete with my dad now. And I feel like I can have a conversation. I feel like, you know what? The past is the past. I can't change it. And one of the things that happened this week as well that made me laugh, my sister said to me, she said, Anita, do you know what? I ran dad today and he was bleating on about some stuff that he had said or he used to do when we were children. And she said, Dad, no, we didn't. No, you didn't. He said, yes, I did. Yes, I did, Emma. It's my lovely sister from Qatar. It's been great spending time with her as well. And she ran me, she said, your dad's, your dad's in denial. And I said, Emma, I'm laughing because that's something I've been working on so hard over the last few weeks, months. So today I actually feel like I've woken up and I do feel complete. I'm accepting my dad as he is. And today I will call him and say, Dad, I love you for who you are today because... I don't love the person he was then. Obviously, I do love the person, but I don't like some of the things that he did. But today, I declare that complete. I can truly say, Dad, I love you for who you are today. You did the best that you could. Bruh, I'm actually getting sound effects for these rooms because everybody in Elevate is about to go, no, 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 no. And the reason why we're doing that, just to refresh the room, we are literally talking. The reason why it landed in my spirit today to say you made it is because yesterday's conversation was heavy. Yes. It was intense. It was revealing. I, I myself woke up today and I've been to the toilet three or four times. Furthermore, I've been up them about three o'clock. And when I logged off yesterday, I was like, but God... I just want to have some conversation. Why are you? Why are we really out here healing people? And the depths of the conversation, I feel like it just unraveled so much for so many people. And that's the assignment. The assignment isn't just about those two people telling their truths. It's actually about people being able to find healing, closure, um, forgiveness through other people's journeys. So it's so much deeper than what's necessarily being said. However, what they're saying is profound, um, just like what Mum and Sandra have just shared and just like what you've shared. And Anita has been 
one of my students who's had a long run in learning this lesson, which I teach about, which is expectations. And many people are not disappointing us. They're really not even hurting us. It's not the person, but it's our expectation of them that is. We walk out of many relationships hurt. It was not really what the person done or what the person is doing, but it's our expectation of them. And so when we're able to dissect our expectations, we're able to accept people for who they are, not who we want them to be, not who we needed them to be, but we actually start to see them for who they are. And there's something in those characters that we've invited into our stories, because we've invited them, by the way, whoever they are, parents, friends, work colleagues, strangers, whoever, we've invited that character into our journey to teach us something, to teach us something. And many of us don't see that. But when you actually get to see it, it's amazing. And one thing, as you was talking, that really came to my head, like, firstly, I'm so glad that you're at that place, Anita. I'm so glad that you're allowing these layers to come off because, you know, I've always had this thing with you. It feels very Heidi. It feels very, what are you hiding? That kind of energy, that energy scares me and people. Um, but I think it's just what more, what are you carrying that you won't let go of? Yeah, and that is so true. You actually scare me more than I scare you, then. <laughs> what? Well, the way that I was about to come to you this morning because you wasn't on five a.m. I was like thinking you watch, but everybody gave you grace because they believed that you believe it was tomorrow. So you're very blessed that your sisters have supported you because I was adamant that she knows she's meant to be back today. So her she will be out for another week. Um, if you miss a 5 a.m. at this moment in 5 a.m., you're out for a week because we're practicing obedience. Um, so, yeah, what I was going to say, though, is there was a period in, in time not too long ago where me and one of my brothers are like really close. And he was really at this position in life where he was really just handling his 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 ways and his his being in this and he was really working on just being better and figuring things out and getting things in place and just really really pushing and elevating and as life goes he happened to get into an incident and broke his foot and just before that he was really in a powerful place like stepping out of things that just didn't serve him and as a result of him breaking his foot I personally observing was just like this is just a weight this is God just testing your posture as things are going up and up and up and you get that boom, that big stop. It's just a testing of like your posture. Will you still believe? Will you still have faith? Will you still be encouraged? And what happened is as a result of it, his baby mother kept going, you know, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling down, the best thing for you to do is have the kids. The best thing to do is have the kids. I couldn't think of what more would lift your spirits than having your children. And I watched him. And I watched the way that he was thinking. I paid attention to the way that he was feeling because being self-employed as well, when you get that kind of stock that knocks you out for like eight weeks and, and you're a man and you've got to provide and give to your family and, you know, everything stops. You're just, it, there's so much pressure on you. 
And I just was able to observe that in that moment, although yes, his children might have made him smile or yes, he was literally able to provide for them prior to that. In those moments, he needed to just provide for himself. He, as much as he would have loved to, he needed to get his self together. And when he, as she was pushing and pushing and pushing and encouraging him to have these children to lift his spirit and da da da, he wasn't rejecting his children. He just wasn't in a place to provide for them like he could. So that was kind of deflating him more. And it taught me such a valuable lesson about men and about fathers and even about me being a mother. There's been many seasons in life of motherhood or fatherhood where the parent is going through some things. But guess what? They've still got to be a parent. They've still got to provide. They've still got to nurture. They've still got to give. But they are actually going through some things. And let's talk about it. Many people in an adult body live in a child mind. They haven't grown up yet. Yet as a child, we have expectation of them because the sperm met the egg and it produced us. It doesn't mean that their mindset, their lifestyle has caught up with that level of responsibility. And so I tried to have a conversation with her woman to woman because I was just observing. And it taught me such a valuable lesson. It actually prepared me for then a season that I had to face with my baby father because as a mother, there is nothing that I will not do for my children. It doesn't matter whether I feel good or not. I'm up, I'm providing, I'm doing what needs to be done. I'm making sure they need to be where they need to be. But I also recognize that's not a trait that every mother has. That's not a trait that every woman has. And so when I was looking at him at first, I'd be like, I can do this. You can do this. You know, you need to step up. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Like, how is it not possible? And I'm the type of mother where I'm going to drop the children to you, leave them on your doorstep and go about my business. Because at the end of the day, it's both of our responsibility. That's what I'll do. I'll leave. Because if you can leave or you can do your thing, guess what? So can I. And so I was looking at my children's father in one season and I was like, whoa. I don't know what he's going through, but he's not present. He isn't present. He's not able to provide for them in a healthy manner. He could do it because he's been asked to, and he could do it because he's their father, but he isn't present. And so it taught me to just let him be. And whatever my children need to learn, whatever I need to learn, whatever he needs to learn as a result of it, we will. But it really taught me to let go and surrender the situation. Some of the expectations and the needs that we all desired from our parents, they weren't in the, they didn't have the capacity to give it to us. Like they really didn't. So some of those needs that you wanted from your father and to this day to be able to witness that he's still in denial about certain things, guess what? He didn't have it then, he doesn't have it now. And that's why we forgive. Because we learn to understand. I was watching my brother's baby mother and I was like, can you not see? You're pushing against something that he can't give. But again, 
sometimes sometimes we're only focused on our need and our want and our desire and we have no awareness of how that has an effect on something else or even what that is connected to and that's why when I say to people it's so important to do self-love first because when you're able to love yourself deeply compassionately openly intimately you can't help but see things from many different perspectives and that's how I know that a lot of people don't love their self because the selfishness is revealed when you love yourself deeply and you think about how you could be in many different situations you automatically have forgiveness you have understanding you have awareness you have acceptance and this is why this journey of self-love and self-awareness is so important because it's never just for you it's for everything that's attached to you so i hope that you get that anita and for anybody else that has mummy and daddy issues thank, thank you for that and it's interesting because this week however, i've not been feeling very well but i understand now and i know it's been releasing I've had no option but to just be to care my, and love myself because I just couldn't move. I was just feeling sick. And actually now just hearing you talk, I'm like, yeah, this is why all this is coming now. I'm just loving myself more so I'm open to receive all these other things. And, oh, yeah, I, I, I feel it, I see it now, I, I understand it now. And sometimes I just, me overthinking things and actually it's really quite simple, take care of yourself and, the rest will follow. Okay. It's dead ass simple. We make it hard. We do, we do. And, and one of the other things I just wanted to say is my dad, I know how proud my dad is of me, but I've just, he's, he always says at the I'm really proud of, of what you do and da da da. Um, but because of this anger that I had and this going back to, you know, the past, I just wasn't really accepting it. And he's always said, Anita, even, you know, you just remind me of my mum, just your nature and just what you do and, you know, how you always want the family together and this and that. You just remind me of my mum. And I never really, I was kind of happy, but never really, really accepted that and not really was proud of it. But again, like yesterday, I'm like, Dad, yeah, I, I hear you now. I feel it. So all these things have just like, he really is proud of me, you know. As much as, you know, whatever's happened in the past has happened in the past, it actually is. So, again, I was just open to, yeah, just just feeling that and receiving it and understanding where he's coming from now. And maybe that's his way of saying, you know what, I, I couldn't be any better than I was then. I did the best that I could. And I, and I know he did the best that he could with what tools he had at that time um, for being a dad. So, yeah, I just... Just feel so woken up, just feeling so differently today. So thank you. I love that. You made it. You made it. You made it. The process can sometimes be hard. It can be dark. It can be difficult. Sometimes it feels like shit. Am I even getting out of this damn tunnel? I think I'm stuck in the middle. But I always say you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You got to go through it. Swish, swash, swish. You got to. That going on a bear hunt story, read it again. The big bear that is chasing you is your damn self. And we got to go through the chapters of our lives 
to stop running from our own flipping grizzly bears. We've got to go through it. Woo! Another beautiful conversation this morning. Yes, ma'am. So it has to come out so it can come out. Do you understand? Like I felt my belly stirring today and I was about to message an exercise. Oh, I'm not feeling good. And I thought, well, that's a lie because I feel fine. It's just that stuff stirring in me. That's all it is. So our tongue is very powerful. And we have to start to recognize when we do affirm that we don't feel good, we don't feel good. You know, not all of these feelings are not feeling good. No, it's guidance that something is moving in you, that something is being released, that something is stirring. This vertigo that mum is even attaching herself to. There's been one experience in my life where my head spun so bad, I was going to call the ambulance. And I happened to be at my friend's house at the time and he was freaking out because he didn't know what was happening. The whole place well y'all already know how I think the earth is a pyramid it was definitely round that day because it was spinning it was moving everything was moving and you know like the next day my granddad passed 
I was feeling things moving because things were about to move. You're not, you're not, you're not half of these titles, guys. I just wish we would get it. And even when we get it, we don't get it. Things will come up. Your body is a computer. It is the best, the most incredible, the most misunderstood computer in the world. And the same way it's built on systems, it's built on programming. It is picking up frequencies that you don't even understand. And they're communicating messages with you that some of us don't ever listen to. And the more awake you become, listen, your palms of your feet, the, the palms of your hand, because they're portals, they are light portals, they will reveal stuff to you. It's not a joke. But if we attach it to these things that are kind of less than us, if you understand what I mean, that we can get a prescription for, we can be prescribed or numbed down with, then that's what we'll be held accountable to. You're feeling more because you're opening up more. You're releasing more because you're about to step into new things. You have to make room. Like I say this, physically make space, guys. Physically, mentally, you're making space. Emotionally, you're making space. Spiritually, you're making space. Why? So things can come in. Why are lots of people coming into these rooms and crying more? People say, I've never cried, I'm crying. Because you're making room for your joy to come in. So Anita, I'm there explaining to you now, Tony's going to come and lash me with, I'm attaching myself to vertigo. I don't take medication for it. <laughs> the doctors have offered me it. I did go to my book and it said scattered thinking. So I said, okay, I'll release some shit, you know, but it literally knocked me off my feet and hear me. She came running, bless her, so fast. Because it did, it literally knocked me for flat. But yeah, I'm, I'm not attaching myself to it, Tanya. I'm just saying, yeah, it happened and it came from nowhere for me. But you see, you've done the exact same thing that Anita done. Which was what? claimed vertigo like she just said i'm i'm well it's the same okay. thing okay and don't get me wrong you could be experiencing that just like she could be feeling unwell but i would invite all of you to tap a bit deeper than that and ask yourself am i really feeling unwell am i really experiencing you know when people have things like vertigo those things don't ever go away because our tongues are so powerful. And it's just awareness. It's, it was 0909 when you were just speaking. And, um, you know, I got up to do exercise today. And literally, if I move my head left to right, the room is moving. But, yeah, it's just that time before... I would have said, oh, I'm unwell, I can't do exercise, oh, I'm unwell, I've got to stay in bed. I'm, I'm moving through it, but I'm aware that things, yeah, there's things, it's, I'm, I'm like I'm on a roundabout, but I'm standing still. You're probably on a roundabout in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, um, Tonya, I had a good talk with Walt yesterday, and did it for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I made friends with it. See? You got it. We just get better and better each day. 
That's what we have to keep I saying. I'm an exercise person and I'm always fighting with it. But yesterday, I tried and it wasn't too bad. Honestly, there's so much ways that you can enjoy exercise, honestly. Like things that even if you're not a, a cardio upbeat person, things like yoga, Pilates, amazing, amazing forms of exercise. I would have always said I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. Ah, I can't even cross my legs. I legit can't cross my legs. But practice, practice, and also actually stretching in life is just, it's, everything is everything. I was watching something the other day and it said, when you wake up first thing in the morning, if you look at any other animal apart from humans, what do they all do? They stretch. Claudine sent us a picture of her cat yesterday. That cat stretched in a way I don't even know how it walked normally. It looked like it turned itself inside out. But they stretch before they step into their day. And that's why we do 5 a.m. to stretch our mind, body, spirit, emotions before we step into our day. But many of us, where we're not doing exercise, we won't physically stretch. I dare you guys to wake up and stretch in the morning before you step into your day. Stretch yourself, stretch, especially as we get older. We become, remember, everything is everything. Sometimes we become more resistant. We're not willing to stretch our thoughts. We're not willing to stretch our beliefs. We're not willing to, to stretch our bodies. We're not willing to stretch our spirits to have greater belief, bigger vision. But as we're coming to the end of the year, stretch, stretch, like actually stretch, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, stretch. Try different practices of exercises because they'll do different things. Right now in, in our exercise in the morning, we've been doing a lot of hits because you're not motivated necessarily sometimes to get up when it's cold and this and that. You want to stay in your bed. So let's get up. Let's put something in. Let's fire up the morning. Then we're good to go. Stretch. Do some different things as well as doing an, a new thing with an old thing. Right, guys, we've reached way past our time. I appreciate this conversation. And um, yeah, we are out i also just wanted to say about the lyrics in this song i'm going to play it says girl you made it yep you made it it's been a long time coming all these blessings rolling in you didn't even see them coming too hard i've been going too hard now they say i need a vacation they say i need to slow down but i ain't trying to slow down pretty face with a bad attitude working like i've got too much to lose but I built this up on two by twos. I want it now. I paid my dues. There's no more stressing. I can't control God's timing. I learned my lesson. I can't trust too many people because things get reckless. More rings, I've changed. Who's really on my inside now? Who's really getting down? My baby taught me true love and everything is new love. I wake up to my daughter and hubby now. That's crew love. Guess what? I never knew love. Head up and my heels high. That's what life is supposed to feel like. Throw it back now. Girl, you're working. You made it. Self-love is the best love. I just want y'all to remember that you made it. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, the fact that you're listening right now, you made it. Make sure you celebrate the things that you've made it through. 
Make sure if you want any details for anything that's coming up, please do contact me. The man then will be back in the room speaking about going from boys to men tonight at 8.30 p.m. And we'll be back for Get Bodied Friday. And on Friday, it's everybody's time to speak. So make sure you're here. And even if you don't have the courage to speak, it is amazing to learn from what everybody else is saying. Be great and have an incredible, incredible day. Thank you guys for listening, for contributing and for being here. I appreciate it.